Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. You're just in time for breakfast if you just join us. I'm Lin Lee with your morning shot today. A 180-year-old chapter on horse racing will soon come to a close when the Singapore Turf Club holds its final race in October 2024. Tenants, staff and other stakeholders have since voiced their sadness after the government announced its decision to close the club. Aside from a declining spectatorship for local horse racing over the years, authorities have decided, after careful review, that the space in Karanji can be redeveloped to better meet Singapore's future land use needs. But just to put things in perspective here, 350 employees will be affected by the Turf Club's closure and around 700 horses from the club's horse racing operations will be exported by 2026, ahead of the redevelopment in 2027. Now for a closer inside look at the matter, we're joined by Michael Clemens, President Association of Racehorse Trainers Singapore. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Gia. And we also have with us Cameron Croucher, Managing Director of Equine International Freight. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning, Lynn. Now, Michael, let's start with you. You've been around in Singapore's racehorsing scene for a while now. How are you and other racehorse trainers coping with the latest news? I think it's been a, a, a week of upheaval since uh, the, the news came out. Um, I think a lot of my fellow trainers have been traumatized by it all. Uh, just the, the manner in which it was announced and uh, the very short period of time or the very short timeline left with regard to the closure of horse racing. No, I understand that you, as well as some trainers, met with Singapore Turf Club President and Chief Executive Irene Lim on Friday. From what we know, people walked away without much clarity than before. What did you make of that meeting? I think there's a large amount of disappointment between a lot of the players in horse racing outside of the Singapore Turf Club. It's clear that the Singapore Turf Club and their 350 staff members have been well catered to with regard to the close. However, everybody outside of the Singapore Turf Club is involved in the industry. In other words, all the other cogs of the industry that need to turn to put the show on here uh, every race day have not been adequately accounted for and considered and uh, this is our, our biggest concern at the moment. So yeah, our meeting on Friday, really nothing much came out of it. Uh, we went there for a briefing but ended up uh, Irene asking us to provide a list of all of our concerns. I think that uh, this is just the trainer's concerns. Uh, we're the only registered association out in, in the industry. I think the owners, all the owners and the jockeys are gathering ranks and uh, will definitely be voicing all of their concerns as well. Will there be a follow-up discussion, a, a meeting of sorts after this? Yes, there will be. Um, we've got to draw up all of our concerns, which are which are numerous ones, and uh, they haven't called for a meeting yet, but yeah, in some, some stage soon there will be a follow-up meeting. That's a positive uh, thing, at least. Cameron, let's get you into this conversation. You deal with the export and import of some of the horses to Singapore and the region. How far-reaching are the consequences of this move on businesses like yours? Look, the closure of a business like the Singapore Turf Club, there's going to be a significant amount of local damage. Uh, but of course, this will extend across some international borders and there'll be a lot of collateral damage to a number of Turf Club service providers, including ourselves, but um, significantly to the sales companies in this part of the world, in Australia and New Zealand, including the Magic Minions. Are you already seeing any direct impact? Uh, a little early at this stage. Um, 
I think it's important at the moment with the news that broke last week uh, to allow for the dust to settle and um, get some clarity from the Singapore Turf Club. Um, recent history would say that that might not be forthcoming. However, it's my job to facilitate proposed horse movements and already we've been approached by a number of people to move horses back to Australia, New Zealand, Macau, Philippines and Thailand. Yeah, it's going to be a humongous effort, right? We are looking at 700 horses, 700 horses to be moved. Are there already plans on your part to take in any of those horses? You were mentioning that you've already been approached. We've been approached, but again, the the clarity from the Turf Club uh, hasn't been forthcoming in terms of their timelines other than the end date. But to move 700 horses is an enormous task. To put it into perspective, that's 10 747 aircrafts full of horses. Wow. Um, it's an enormous amount and it, it can't be done at a drop-dead date. And I guess this is some of the concerns that the trainers and other people involved in Singapore will have is how do those horses exit Singapore in appropriate timelines, taking into consideration the logistics, the quarantine facilities that are available, the airline services and the agreed protocols, the health protocols between the countries. Um, they make things very challenging. Now, talk us through what could be some other options and perhaps challenges with regards to where these horses could go. Well, the first thing is what airlines are available to actually have horses go on their aircraft and go to the destinations. So I'll give you an example. Say horses heading to the Philippines, there's no flight from Singapore to Manila in the Philippines. These horses would have to go by road freight to Kuala Lumpur and then get on a plane in Kuala Lumpur and fly to Manila. But there's issues with that arrangement. Um, So there's all these things that need to come into consideration. And moving horses back to Australia is not so easy in terms of the strict protocols in Australia for accepting horses. And I believe that the Turf Club only has a certain number of approved stables for export. And um, that will limit how many horses can move at the appropriate times. Michael, from a perspective of a trainer, how major is such a move for the horses and what sort of preparations are needed in the lead-up? Well, this is something that, again, we're all trying to work out. Uh, Certainly the Singapore Turf Club have no real idea of how this is all going to work out. But the biggest problem is that we're dealing with equine athletes here. And as Cameron's pointed out, it's going to take a long period of time to get these horses relocated. The Singapore Turf Club has actually initially said that they're only going to assist with the relocation of horses after October next year. As I say, these are equine athletes. They can't just be shut down and be waiting for slots on aircraft to get out of here, perhaps three months, six months, maybe even Mm -hmm. up to a year in in some places. So these horses will continue to need to be trained. But the problem with that is, is that, you know, once you take the competitive side out of horses, in other words, they're no longer racing for a long period of time while waiting to get on an aircraft, they actually lose the sort of will to race and, and, and will to run. So, um, yeah, not only logistically is it a big problem, but, uh, you know, the owners are extremely concerned that they're going to basically lose the careers of, of a lot of these horses in that, you know, it's just going to be too long a period to relocate them. Okay, I'm going to talk about the process of uh, moving these horses. Cameron, how massive is the care needed on the way to their destination, wherever they might be headed? What do vets who accompany the horses look out for to make sure that the horses are healthy? Look, the big thing is animal welfare, and the hero in this whole case is the horse. They they put on the show at the Singapore Turf Club. Uh, They're trained by experts, and they're ridden by expert jockeys, but it's the horse that has to take priority Mm. and their welfare is front and centre in that regard. The actual process of putting horses on planes 
and having vet supervision is quite simple. But obviously the welfare is the major focal point and checking for signs of stress, which is not uncommon with horses being shifted from stables to an airport, colic, which is life-threatening, and travel sickness is of concern. And this is always the case whenever a horse has moved to a new environment. And uh, there's always a risk involved. And moving horses from the Singapore Turf Club to an airport is a risk. Putting horses on a plane to a, travel to a different destination mm. is a risk. But also the management of those on arrival and post-arrival is also very, very important. So it's, it's not just the few hours they're on the plane. It's the whole process leading up to and afterwards as well to ensure that those horses are kept as comfortable as possible. All right, rounding back to the heart of the issue here, the impending closure of the Singapore Turf Club. Michael, I'm just thinking about this. We are actually looking at perhaps the end of a sport in Singapore. Absolutely. It's one of the last remaining uh, live sports and entertainment. And yeah, it's been around for a long time. You know, no doubt the perception put out is that it's a declining sport, but mm-hmm. uh, with regard to the amount of people that uh, attend the races, but you know, they, they're comparing it to figures of probably 15, 20 years ago were attendance figures. And, uh, you know, since then, racing's been televised into, you, you can have racing televised into your home if you wish. Uh, there's other areas that race a lot of websites online where racing can be watched. So whilst the attendance at the race course itself has dropped, there's still a big following outside of of the racing in Singapore. And yeah, it's uh, 180 years of racing heritage and live sport and entertainment. Mm-hmm. That is, as far as I'm aware, there's going to be a big loss, I think. So you were saying it is still very big outside of Singapore. So are there other avenues for horse trainers like yourself to explore similar work? Well, uh, you know, of course, the Singapore Turf Club have said they're going to come on board and and try and find us places to placements with regard to work. But um, myself as an example, I've been in this industry for 35 years. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at the age of 57, it's, don't think it's going to be easy to upskill me to become a professional in another industry as I am in this industry at the moment. Uh, a lot of our staff have been doing this because it's their passion and it's their, their, their love since they've lost, left school. This is all that they've been doing. And uh, yeah, I suppose we can look at upskilling them and finding them to a placement. But yeah, it's easier said than done. All right, Cameron, any last thoughts before we let you go? Look, it's a turmoil over there at the moment and uh, I just hope that there's some clear direction provided by the turf club. So the trainers, the jockeys, the track work riders, the stable hands, all those people that help put this show on can make some clear plans for their future. And it's very disappointing on a global scale that Singapore is going to exit the uh, horse racing business and I just wish everybody there the best and hopefully it's a fairly smooth transition over the next 18 months. All right, thank you very much, gentlemen, for all your insights. We've been speaking with Michael Clemens, President Association of Racehorse Trainers, Singapore, and Cameron Croucher, Managing Director of Equine International Air Freight. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.